Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Sam's Report. Today is October 14th, and here we are. Yet another week of Microsoft news. A lot going on. Um, some craziness last week during the show, and I'll explain here in a minute, uh, related to the October event. But, alright, I say we just dive in, uh, and we'll get to some of the... There's not a whole lot of Threat.com stuff, we're just going to skip that this week. Uh, if you really want to know, we're, Paul and I are doing a live show here uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can actually find that on Throt. We'll have a new link uh, out soon, and we'll talk about that later. Anyways, so what is going on this week in the world of Microsoft? Uh, a couple, like, I don't know, high-level things. Uh, Microsoft is now selling HP Alex Alex Elite X3. Uh, you can now pick that up in the stores. So that this is obviously HP's flagship uh, enterprise device, but if you're really a hardcore Windows Phone fan or Windows 10 Mobile, whatever you want to call it, you can you can pick this thing up, and it's a high-end device. It's good. It's getting pretty good reviews around uh, by those who use it, and it's expensive. But if you're looking for a new Windows 10 Mobile device, because you're not getting one from Microsoft anytime soon, uh, this is the phone to go with. And for those of you who are hell bent on staying in the Windows world, which I don't blame you, but I can understand why you would leave. This is the phone for you. Obviously, make sure it works on your network. Uh, if you're, you got to be a, close to a Microsoft store, which I believe are almost all in North America. I, I don't know. Is there one in Australia? I can never remember. I know that those rumors were out there for a while. Um, there were even rumors out there that they were going to open up a store in London. Actually, I think they even got a permit for it. But Microsoft being Microsoft says, hey, we got the blinders on. The U.S. is the only country in the world. Um that, that's really annoying. I don't know why they do this stuff. But there you go. Uh, HP, I must did it again. Elite X3. Now on sale. Go pick it up if that's your jam. If not, whatever. Uh, Skype Translator is now adding support for the Russian spoken language. Uh, that is now out. Skype Translator is really freaking cool. And this is when you think of, like, the future. And when you were a little kid saying, ah, I'd love to go talk to somebody in France, but I don't know French. Like... That's no longer an acceptable excuse. You can use tools like Skype Translator. Google has them. They have text translators. Like, it's really interesting. And I'm sure some people have done some very fascinating studies about how languages are eventually going to kind of, like, level. Because as, a, as a, an individual, for me to go out and learn French is a significant task. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, the arts and humanities of it and, and engaging your brain. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying you shouldn't go learn a language. But if my, I have a busy day and it's like, okay, I could go learn French or I could go learn C++. Um, why learn French when C++ is much harder, takes more capacity, give it more time. And then when I go to France, just use a freaking app. Like, it, it's really interesting. I love this stuff. And it's obviously not perfect. We're not completely there yet. I actually tried to do it with somebody uh, speaking Mandarin um, last year. And it wasn't great, but you know what? It's good enough. And when it comes to translation, we all know that good enough is acceptable. One day we'll get it perfect, but that's not what's important. Good enough is exponentially better. I could never talk to somebody in Mandarin or Cantonese. Like, I, I don't know those languages. But now we're, like, getting to the point where it doesn't even matter. Like, it's amazing. I really like the, the translator stuff that Microsoft is doing. And it's it's fascinating. Um, it's, it's a really... Because it's real time, like that's it's crazy. It's computational power. It's understanding lang spoken language. Like think about that. You have two people talking in different languages, which isn't necessarily so. That is, I guess, the hard part. The translation isn't so bad, but it's just another another medium which things can get botched. 
but then they have to do translations, conversions, and then deliver it all. Like, I don't know. This stuff just blows my mind about how crazy awesome it is. And so now you can do Skype Translator with Russian. So there you go. That's what's going on. Um, interesting, if you have a Surface Hub, just pause for a minute. If you have a Surface Hub, <laughs> um, which most people on this call probably do not... Uh, yeah, it now has Windows 10 anniversary update. Here's a... It, I don't know. I, I actually, I'm a little bit undereducated on what this brings to the Surface Hub that doesn't already have. Obviously, there's going to be the back-end security updates and uh, the hardening of the OS that just arrived with the Windows 10 anniversary update. I haven't looked and seen if there's any Surface Hub-specific features, but if you have a Surface Hub, you can now do this update. Although, I suspect if you have a Surface Hub, you're in an enterprise environment and you're likely not running the latest branch of anything uh, potentially i don't know if you'd necessarily be on long-term servicing branch but you're definitely probably still on 1511 would be my guess because i don't think they've promoted uh 1607 yet to the current branch for business so there you go service hub uh anniversary update if you have a service hub and you've installed it and you find new stuff let me know but i'll be curious to see what all it brings and so I, I've talked about this for a while and still completely agree with it. We are in the golden age uh, of Windows 10 feature editions, but not yet announced uh, place. But with that being said, Microsoft did push out a new build this week. 14946, I believe. Um, for some reason that number doesn't sound right, but whatever. And this new build has a couple things. And this is like I'm telling you, we're, we're in feature deep territory here where they're just going to start adding stuff left and right. And so this week we get uh, improvements to the precision touchpad. And so what this really does, and according to Microsoft, uh, Microsoft unveiled improvements to how gesture click detection works on the precision touchpad. In this release, the functionality is being enhanced even further with other gestures interface with the other gestures interface in the settings that lets you configure three and four figure gestures taps and swipes and there's a new advanced gesture configuration page that offers even more control this looks it, this looks really interesting now granted um i tried it on my surface book and it didn't work uh it's probably broken not surprised this is why you're not supposed to run this stuff on your daily driver but we are getting dangerously close to where you will have complete control over your uh over your touchpad and if any oem individual is listening here is my one plea stop developing your own drivers stop doing everything just let microsoft run the show with their drivers that are built into windows and let them do everything because oem drivers are notorious for being just garbage um this is one of the reasons microsoft is going down this path is because they got so angry that the touchpads were were always just terrible and so like screw it we're going to build our own, and that's what they're doing, and they've been doing it now for a while. So do not waste time building your own touchpad driver. Let Microsoft handle the show. Follow their guidelines and do that because you get a better experience. The user will get – there's I, – I cannot – unless you have some sort of crazy touchpad that has something built in, like a fingerprint sensor or whatever, I can't understand why you would spend the time and effort to do this when Microsoft is doing it better than the OEM. So let Microsoft run the show with that, and I'm really – Excited to see where this actually goes and adds more features to the Surface Book. But it's not quite yet working, so it's like we're this close. But at the same time, we know it's coming. So it's like, yes. Uh, other things, uh, the, the PC and mobile have updated the Wi-Fi settings. The Wi-Fi settings page now lets you determine how long Wi-Fi will be left disabled when you turn it off. So you can kind of just set a timer for that sort of stuff. So that is cool. 
that's kind of what's going on. Uh, something else that actually somebody found, um, this isn't quite new. We've talked about this before, but blue light, which is uh, Microsoft's version. I don't, I don't know if they're going to call it blue light or whatever they're going to call it. Cause people be like blue light special. If you remember those from Kmart, uh, Anyways, so these blue shift is what it's commonly referred to. It's the same as flux. It kind of turns your screen orangish at night. Uh, it's supposed to replicate the pattern of the sun, make it easier to go to bed at night, and blah, 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 because blue light, supposedly, according to studies, makes it harder to fall asleep directly. So more evidence of this stuff has been found. There's a way to turn on the button in the notification center, but it doesn't quite work. But more back-end kind of infrastructure stuff was found about how and when it would turn on the timers you can set and all that stuff. So it does, it does, uh, it does look like it's coming and I can't imagine Microsoft would pull this. It seems like a very simple feature to introduce. So be on the lookout for that. And like I said, we're in the golden age of this stuff. So every new build, if Microsoft might either forget to tell us about something, uh, it might accidentally slip through because this is kind of a rapid fire release type stuff for them. Keep snooping around. A lot of times, if you're familiar with the registry, that's a good place to go. And quite frankly, a lot of times you can just find stuff buried in the settings. So the golden age of Windows 10 updates is here. And we'll see, we'll see what's going on. So we will see what is going on with these builds. So anyways, I want to talk about a little bit of uh, craziness uh, that occurred on last week's show. And so hopefully Microsoft doesn't get angry about this. I can't imagine they would. So Microsoft announced an event last Friday. Last Friday. It was after this podcast and before the other one that I do at 1 p.m. And so oftentimes Microsoft gives us uh, a heads up that they're going to do this. Now, don't get me wrong. This isn't like a week. This is like in the terms of like hours, sometimes even minutes. They'll say, hey, Brad, we're going to announce something big. Um, they'll call and, and let you in and kind of give you a heads up. And so this happened actually last week during the show was I got the notification that something was going to be announced. And I kind of like, if you, if you watch this the show really carefully, I kind of freak out about it because I can't say anything until the announcement goes live. Then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I got to write a post um, after the show, which means the podcast had to end. I had to compile it and get it up online as fast as possible, which takes about 30 minutes. Then I had to write the post that... Uh, the announcement of the event. Then I had to get ready for the second, like everything was just like, like all smashed together. And so I'm contemplating moving the timing of this podcast up an hour. So currently it's 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, Ideally, I'd like to move it potentially at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So just moving it forward an hour, just to give me a little bit more breathing room when those scenarios happen, because they honestly happen more often than you guys would think. But that's that was the craziness of it but anyway so we got it microsoft sent out an invite for an october 26th event now a couple things to keep in mind about this they called it a they're calling it a windows event they're not calling it um hardware reveal event they're not calling it a surface event they're calling it a windows event which is interesting to me for a couple reasons one we immediately all kind of jumped to the conclusion okay this is where they're going to announce the surface all in one which seems plausible uh I, I have good reason to believe that we will not see any surface book 2 or pro 5 or band 3 or surface phone so if those are on your checklist of things you wanted to see kind of you know lower those expectations a little bit that's not going to happen i don't think it's going to be nearly as big as last year's event where they had the pro 4 and the surface book um and actually didn't they do the 950 then i think they did this guy then too the 950 so I don't think it's going to be that crazy of an event from hardware 
but I wonder if we're going to see anything software related uh, because they're talking, they're calling it a windows event, right? I, maybe this is where they're going to go out and talk about all the features that are coming to windows 10 with RS2. I wonder, I honestly wonder if they're going to do that now that I'm thinking about that. I don't know. They're calling it a Windows event. I would imagine we might potentially see hardware from other vendors like, hey, you know, HP just announced all this stuff and so did Lenovo and uh, Microsoft likes to show off their partners and give them credit for all that stuff. But they're calling it a Windows event. And I, I haven't figured out what that Windows thing is, but maybe that's really what they're going to do is say, hey, here's RS2. Here's what's coming. Ta-da. Uh Another thing that kind of is out there, and we'll talk more about this later, is potential. So this this name Home Hub has come up several times, and at first we might have thought it was initially the Surface All in One. Um, some people said, "Hey, maybe it's actually the home screen of the Surface Hub." We don't really know, but it potentially, what I honestly hope it is, is an Amazon Echo competitor. And why don't we just dive on into this? Because it's I wrote a post yesterday. I use my Amazon Echo every single day, every day. I really do. I listen to music. I do reminders. I do a grocery list. I, I use this thing. It's in my kitchen every day. And this thing gets beat up. I have a toddler and she's hit it with crayons. Uh, it's been covered in flour before, occasionally olive oil. I don't want to screen on this thing. I just want the, the cylinder tube that responds to my uh, <laughs> stupid yelling is all that I need. And I need it to work. And so Microsoft doesn't have anything that works in this space. And I really, really, really hope they're building a Cortana thing that lives in the kitchen because it solves my biggest problem with the Echo. The biggest problem I have with the Echo right now is if I set a reminder, um, it, it doesn't really work. Like it, it, the Echo works in a silo. It's funny because it actually is a silo, but it's like there's no desktop app. There's, I, can't, I don't think I can get to any sort of web interface that would have all of my reminders and my grocery list. I know you can get the grocery list on your phone, but Cortana could solve all this because Cortana is on my phone. It's on my desktop. It's on my tablets. It's, it's quite literally everywhere that I am. It's on my fricking Xbox. So what I use a reminder, it would be nice that if it just integrated into Cortana, because it would be everywhere. The music stuff could all be replicated. That's nothing, but that's what the piece is missing from the echo. And Microsoft could do this. They could do this very easy with some low power hardware, and I hope that they're doing this mostly because Google is now doing it. Google Home is that what they call it? Uh, the little like air freshener, whoops, the little uh, air freshener looking thing. And then there's rumors that Apple is doing this as well, which would make sense because they have Siri. And so uh, Amazon made this market. They were the first to do it. I, I think it was kind of like an overnight really lucky home run that they hit because the Fire Phone didn't work out so well. Um, but yeah, the Echo is amazing. So I'm hoping we see a Cortana Cube or Cortana Companion, whatever sort of thingy Microsoft is doing. Uh, they make it look nice, not like an air freshener. That would be awesome. I'm, I'm hope, please Microsoft. And so I'm generally pessimistic about hardware from Microsoft. I really, for lack of a reason, better, re well, I've got some good reasons. Um, <laughs> the service book is fine. Whoa. Screensaver came on. Uh, Surface Book is fine. I really like the Surface Book. Pro is good. I, I never, I don't buy the argument that they need a Surface Phone mostly because they don't have a differentiator. Um, I think that they can create a differentiated product with the Cortana device. I think that's pretty easy to do. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think they should build a watch. I, I'll talk about the Band 3 here in a minute. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I think they could really create a differentiated product because every time you go to a Microsoft event, and I guarantee this will happen at the end of the month, uh, they talk about their machine learning capabilities. They talk about how accurate they are with voice dictation. There is no better place to put that directly in front of the consumer than with a headless, and when I say headless, I mean no screen, no mouse, no keyboard, a headless PC that lives in the kitchen that is completely controlled by voice. It can be done. Amazon's done it. I think Microsoft could do it better uh, than even Google. Google, I think, will eventually catch up and potentially eclipse the Echo, but Echo's got a very large head start in this market. So Microsoft, please build me a home hub, what you're calling it. Make it not tacky looking. Give it some good quality speakers. Make it Cortana integrated. And bam, that's all it is. This can't be a rocket science project for them. They have all the components. And I actually speculated if I could build one of these myself, if you just got a little, a little like nook from Intel or whatever, just put it in the kitchen with a nice microphone. But it's, I don't think it would quite work because anytime Cortana, you would ask it a reminder and it would say, okay, here's the prompts. How do you want this to fill it out? You couldn't fill it out. You could definitely launch Cortana and ask very basic things, but it wouldn't work as well as the Echo. So Give me the home hub or give me death. I'm actually looking more forward to a home hub than a Surface all-in-one, but we'll see what Microsoft has up its, I don't know, proverbial sleeves to differentiate that all-in-one. So speaking of hardware that won't show up and at the October 26th event or ever is the Band 3. I, th I think this thing has been beaten into the ground. We kind of know what's going on here. Uh, Band 3, it had an echocardiogram reader, so it could do like your, your pulse, your blood pressure, and all that good stuff. Uh, it could do swimming, it was waterproof. It looked exactly, where'd my Band 2 go? It looked exactly like the Band 2. So the question is, why isn't Microsoft building this thing? Why, why did they give up on it? And so here's a couple potential reasons. I talked to people at the company, and nobody would give me an exact answer, but I honestly think it was a symptom of many things and not just one. First off, this thing doesn't run Windows 10. It runs its own custom firmware. It's, they don't even call it hardware and they don't even call it an operating system. They will specifically tell you it's a firmware. So it's not running Windows 10, strike one. Uh, strike two, anybody who has had one of these hasn't had just one. They've had two, probably at the minimum, likely potentially three, because these things break. This rubber material is, uh, this is my second one and I use it very sparingly because I don't want it to break because I like it running. These, this band breaks. It, it degrades. It just cracks. It falls apart. And Microsoft had to replace many of them. So they had... It's a good product, but it's not a well-engineered product. I don't know if that makes sense. It's just not a very robust band. So that was strike two. Uh, that They had multiple iteration device costs per user, but not multiple sales per user. So that's that's another thing. Um, the third thing, in my opinion, is that this thing doesn't really fit into Microsoft's portfolio very well. So Microsoft launched this health initiative, and it didn't really go anywhere. Um, they were hoping that every company would be like, oh, yeah, we'll let you integrate our health, um, our step counts into your apps. But it, that never really materialized in any significant way. So their health app, which they renamed Band, never really took off as this central place for all of your health data. And so that wasn't a great win. Um, they were probably trying to use this as a reference device type thing like they did with the Surface. That didn't work out. And so you're left with this picture of should we build a health device and we're a productivity company? I, and I know it's not perfect everywhere because they still have an Xbox, but Microsoft is billing itself as a productivity company that runs on Windows 10. This is not a Windows 10 device that does not run, um, it's not, doesn't run Windows 10. It's not a productivity thing. So I don't know. 
that being said, I know there's a lot of very upset people because they're very diehard. They love their band. It's not a bad device. I just don't think it was the right device for Microsoft. I think they should, I thought maybe I wonder if they could sell it to somebody, sell the IP and let somebody else build this thing. That would actually be an interesting idea, but I just don't think it fit Microsoft's portfolio very well. And I don't think we're going to see one this month. Um, I don't, I don't know if I want to say ever because that will come back to bite me, but I don't think we're going to see anything in the near future at this point. So, moving on. Um, duh, duh, duh. So, Microsoft is in the process of so of relaunching their Paint app. So, Paint has been a part of, I think, Windows since ever. Now, it's gone through some transitions. I think with Windows 7, they introduced the ribbon, but it's just been paint. And so it looks like we're about to get another revamp of the paint app. It actually leaked out, and I was able to download it, install it, and it, it they changed up the UI, which I don't know that I love. They made it more finger-friendly. They also made it more friendly to use, like, a, uh, I almost called this a stylus. Microsoft would chastise me for saying that, uh, for using a Surface Pen. But they're trying to make it more pen-friendly. They're trying to make it more touch-friendly. And so... Yeah, so they have this new paint app, changes up the UI. It still has all the same basic features. It's a very simple photo editor. They did add the ability to add 3D objects to it. And built into Windows 10, I don't know if it's built in, that might be incorrect, but what has been shipping with Windows 10 is this like 3D builder app. And so it actually, I believe, utilizes some of that to get these objects and you can export and import and it's just a paint app. Um, but it's kind of neat because if you're paint nostalgic, then there, here's a refresh. The one thing they don't have, which I wish they did, is that there should have been an option to click to go pull up the old mouse-friendly uh, interface. It's not that the new one's not mouse-friendly, but people know the old interface. It's been there since a significant amount of time. I don't know. I would love to just actually have that option, um, but anyways... Oh, I forgot to touch on this. Uh, so speaking of the Surface event, I don't know if Panos, not screwed up, um, inadvertently tweeted something that he shouldn't. So he initially said that he was going to go play, he was looking forward to playing Gears 4 on a surf, on his Surface. So if you have one of these guys, which is the DGPU model right here, and you try to play the Gears of War 4 on it, you're going to have a bad time. It's it Technically, it works, but it's not great. And so this, like, the rumor mill went on fire, and I, there's a couple ways to interpret this. One, that he totally screwed up, and that they're going to refresh the Surface Book, not Surface Book 2, or Pro 5, but they very well, and they have done this on the Pro 3, where they actually, it might have been Pro 3, potentially could have been the Pro 2, actually, now that I think of it, I've been on the Pro 2, where they actually upgraded the processor mid-life cycle, not like a big jump, but whatever, and so they might go from Skylake to Cabby Lake with the Surface Book. Microsoft hates uh, Skylake for obvious reasons. And so they could update the internals and say, ta-da, like, you know, it's the same, exact same exterior, but upgraded internals. So you get uh, a new CPU and potentially they could give it a better graphics chip, which would actually make Gears of War 4 play a little bit better. So that's one theory. Other theory is that the Surface All-in-One has a better GPU setup, which I... If it is a true Surface all-in-one, like an iMac-looking thing, I guarantee it's probably the exact same guts of a Surface Book just shoved into uh, shoved into a larger screen. So, I don't know. Um, that's potentially one theory. The third theory, which is, like, the complete, like, 
air out of the balloon scenario is that he tweeted this out just to kind of promote Gears of War 4 with his, you know, his company is an exclusive for his company. It's, it's a great game on the Xbox. It runs on the PC. He's like, you know what? I want to join in on the fun. I'm going to tell people I'm going to go play it on my Surface Book or I'm going to go, I'm just going to go play it on my Surface and not even thinking about the ramifications of what he's actually tweeting. And so then he tweets this out and then obviously it's misconstrued. And so then he deletes the tweet. That's kind of like the, the, the safe scenario, um, but the much less exciting. So who knows? Who knows? I mean, if there's one person on this planet who's going to have access to early hardware, it's Panos. So uh, he should be there at the event. I should get a chance to talk to him. I got to talk to him last time. So we will see uh, if this deleted tweet comes out. Uh, other things that have gone up on Throt, I won't dive into this too much because I've already talked about it a lot, is Microsoft is now a security company. That post is up on Threat. If you need to find it, just type Microsoft, the security company. Uh, it should come up. And I've talked about this before about Microsoft's pivot to becoming a security platform and vendor who also eventually, who also, not eventually, who also makes productivity software, hardware, and operating systems. So uh, that's kind of that. Other things that are going on. There's a lot of stuff going on this week. Uh, HoloLens is now available, expanded internationally. If you're outside the U.S., Microsoft is now giving many more countries uh, the ability to buy the HoloLens. Now, what I find interesting about this is, is there was a, a note that came out from an analyst this week. And some sites jumped all over this. And i got to take a drink real quick. And here, the, the note said, I'm going to paraphrase it that vendors who are supplying uh, HoloLens hardware are expected to have reduced profits uh, because Microsoft is kind of scaling back their orders or canceling them altogether. And so two, depending on which site you read, two sites interpreted this. One said Microsoft is giving up on HoloLens. I cannot imagine that being true in any capacity. Uh, the second said, hey, there's going to be a new HoloLens coming. And so I technically, I think... I think that's the more logical solution. You got to remember the HoloLens is actually pretty old now. Uh, it was originally unveiled a year ago in January. So it's getting close to kind of like that two year mark. Um, and obviously not this exact same iteration is two years old, but it's, it's not exactly the new kid on the block anymore. And so it seems completely logical that, Hey, Microsoft is looking to kind of refresh this device. And there you go. That's how I kind of interpret it is like, Hey, they're going to, potentially recent a newer version they're always trying to get costs down so that's kind of the the bigger thing and the fact that they're expanding the international availability tells me they are not canceling this thing that is probably the dumbest thing i've heard in a very long time that they would cancel hololens uh, um yeah so there is that Something that came up on Twitter this week, actually this morning, was uh, somebody was complaining that they wish that there was an easier way to directly reach Microsoft engineers to talk bugs with them. And so this exists. It's called the Feedback Hub. And the, no the notion was, ah, that's not really good. They need an insider VIP program. Well, they do have an insider. Microsoft does have an insider VIP program. It's called the MVP. And just kind of letting that out. So Microsoft has a solution, but it, it's not great because MVPs aren't really bug hunters. Again, insiders generally aren't bug hunters. Remember, folks, there used to not be a thing called the feedback hub. It used to just be if you, if you wanted to uh, give Microsoft feedback, you either A, stood outside their buildings with a large sign, uh, mailed it to them, or started a blog. And so there you go. 
MVP stuff does exist, um, which you actually have to kind of work for. This isn't something they like arbitrarily hand out. And Microsoft actually does quite a bit for the insiders or insiders for the MVP program. Um, like they have an MVP summit here in about three weeks, three weeks, I think, uh, in Seattle. So yeah, they do listen to that feedback. Anyways, uh, other things that came out actually this morning, Xbox one is the best console selling console in the U S for the third month in a row. This is great for Microsoft. I'm betting it's, it's strongly related to the release of the Xbox one S. What I will be really curious to see is what happens in the months of November and December. Cause that's the holiday shopping season. Wow. We don't know volume and there's, uh, estimations and all that we would it's it's likely safe to assume that november and december are high volume seasons because of uh the holiday shopping season so if microsoft continues to keep its lead through the next couple months that will be a very large indicator that the xbox one s is actually selling quite well but we do know that sony has a pretty large lead in the market it doesn't matter both consoles are doing good enough that there will be another generation we already know that the scorpio was coming but Hats off to Microsoft to finally making some inroads and getting the Xbox One sold. So a couple questions from readers this week that came in. Uh, really good stuff, actually. So Alaskan Jackson asks, he says, with the di- disappointment of the ban Windows Phone, why would Microsoft bring an Alexa into the home assistant market? Wouldn't, wouldn't it make more sense to let OEMs take the hardware risk? To that end, if they do release a device, uh, we'll have companion apps and all that good stuff. So this is actually a very fair question. And I completely agree with him. It's Microsoft needs the kitchen companion because it needs Cortana to succeed. And we already know that Microsoft will build hardware. I can honestly see them letting OEM vendors build things, but they're not going to let them take all the risk because Microsoft doesn't always trust its OEM partners to do things one fast enough, uh, give it long enough support and give it attention to the details it needs. Because remember, those OEMs also need to make money on the hardware. Microsoft doesn't necessarily need to make a lot of money on hardware, although they like to. It's, It's not a requirement like HP or Lenovo have. So why would they do it? It's because they actually truly have a differentiation with Cortana over Google Now and Alexa or the Echo because it's on every platform and they can do things with that that others can't yet. I don't believe Google Now is on the iPhone. So you'd have to be in the Android world because the Cortana, Cortana Cube, whatever you want to call it, is basically platform independent now. They can. It doesn't matter what device you're carrying. I think that is the differentiation of that and why they would do it. So May to ask, and these are all from the forum, by the way, we heard that the ban three was canceled this year. In your opinion, is there any chance that a successor will come at all or is it terminally dead? So unfortunately, I think it's more along closer to that terminal line. I know if, I've heard from pretty good sources uh, that the ban team has been disbanded. And so like that team doesn't exist. If it's going to come from somebody, I guess it would come from the surface team and there's nothing on the agenda, at least that we know of right now about, uh, that team building a wearable. Although I, I have heard that Microsoft is not giving up on wearables, but I don't think that the band is it. I don't know if we'd ever see a surface watch. I can't, that would be a really tough sell, but I, I know that I would, hell, I would probably buy one if they made it as long as it was good. Um, a Surface Watch would be interesting, but I don't know if there's enough differentiation in that segment at this time to justify building that device. Although Cortana on your wrist would be pretty sweet as long as it tied into everything. So on that aspect, I could actually see how it could be, I don't know, interesting. 
And then Seabass722 asks, what are your thoughts on the Surface, brand, Surface branded peripheral devices, mouse and keyboard from Microsoft? He said, in his views, in his view, they expand the brand to encompass their more mundane hardware. It dilutes the Surface brand signature as a category of defining devices. I kind of agree with this. Like, they should not, like, they shouldn't take a keyboard like this, this which was their media keyboards, which I actually use with my Xbox One, although the trackpad I don't think works. Um, I, like, this should not be a Surface branded keyboard. I think the reason why we are seeing the the surface keyboard branding on those devices because there is truly a surface all-in-one and it would seem a little odd it's like hey guys here's your surface all-in-one with a microsoft branded keyboard and so all they did was take the designer one make it gray slap surface on it and that was it uh surface generally speaking it stands for the premium end device of its segment and so those devices are definitely not premium they're not market defining and so it would be risky to make every every peripheral and the company named Surface. I think that would dilute the brand immensely and is not a good move for the company. So one more thing here, folks. We have a, an insider tip of the week. Uh, this one is a fun one. So Microsoft is terrible, terrible at building staging sites. And if you don't know what a staging site is, is let's say they're going to launch a Surface all-in-one on October 26th. What they do is they build up a website and they get it all ready so that when the announcement comes, they can flick that switch and turn it over and it's live to everyone. Microsoft has a very, I guess depending on what side of the coin you're on, a very poor track record at building staging sites. Uh, before E3 one year, they completely announced, um, actually a couple times from Xbox, they accidentally pushed their E3 staging site live ahead of their event, revealed everything. Um, a lot of their Xbox One S stuff was found in their staging site. And so uh, just just keep an eye out. Like if you're kind of creative at digging up links on Microsoft's site, just be on the lookout for a staging site that accidentally kind of makes its way through. And so it could be from the help files. Uh, it, could, it could really show up anywhere. It could show up in the store from purchasing, the help section, uh, in the forums. And uh, like sometimes in the drop downs, they'll say, pick your device. And you're like, Surface Floor, Surface Book. Oh, Surface all in Like that's the type of things that they are very good at screwing up. So your insider tip of the week is go prowling through Microsoft.com. The closer we get to the event, the likelihood of it leaking out exponentially grows because more people know about it more assets have to be created and they're they're holding everything back from release but sometimes a little bit bit scoot out so keep that in mind folks um this has been another episode of the sam's report we are doing another i'm doing another podcast with paul throt at 1 p.m today and be on the lookout for that link and once again thanks for watching everybody and have a great weekend